Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to another Ringside Fracas. My name is Lewis. Um, I've got two of our regulars. We've got Dapo and Samson. How are you doing, gents? Not bad, well, not bad. Well, thank you. Dapo, man, what, what's all this this Hugh Hefner uh, Listen, uh, I was going to apologise for the drip, but... For the drip? Tonight. Is that what you call it? Drip, is it? <laughs> I'm chilling tonight. You know, wow. Friday night. Man's got his Friday in that. Yeah, I, I, I see him doing that this with the, with, the, uh, with the dressing guy. Like, you know? <laughs> he's got a fireplace on as well. It's lately a few hundred there. He's got some models off of, uh, off of yeah. camera. I, got, I know he has. I know he has. <laughs> no, and uh, we've got a very special guest with us today. We've got Chris Andre. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me, boys. Nice hey, to listen, you. it's a pleasure. We will love your YouTube videos. I'll put a link in the in the bio for where people can find your YouTube page. I'm sure loads of people who listen to this probably already follow you anyway, but, you know, just in case. Um, but, yeah, how are you, Chris? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad. Can't complain. How about you guys? Everyone all right? Everyone excited about the weekend's boxing? Oh, God, in that. Oh, what you talking about? It's a great yeah. to go, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start, right? Because, um... I find myself in a bit of a... Because I don't know too much about Glowacki, right? And um, Akoli to me, is always someone who's kind of flattered to deceive a little bit. And, you know, I'm not I'm not quite sure how good he is. I, I don't know if that's maybe... I don't know if that's a general boxing thing or if that's just me. But me, me personally, like, whenever I've, whenever I've seen, I'm still not quite sure of the level. And I think, you know, Eddie Hearns tried to, tried to sell this fight as a, a bit of a 50-50 um but the betting odds don't reflect it i think uh Coley comes in as quite a, a, a strong favorite um no whether that means anything or not um uh, going into this fight but um sam so i'll start with you um it, how big of a challenge is this for um Akoli? so i've been pretty critical of Akoli over the past to be honest with you and i've always to be honest I, it kind of falls down to his style of fighting which always kind of made me think Nah, not my cup of tea, and I don't really quite appreciate what you're doing here. I've always said, even when you got to that British level, I was like, he's overachieved to me because I never thought it would be um, good enough to get to the world stage. But here he is, so kudos to him. And I and I think it's a bit of a, uh, an enigma where you can. Well, I've got to say at this point, you know what? I'll put my hands up to you. You've done. You eventually get through fights. I didn't think you would get through even just the Chamberlain fight. I didn't think you could get through that. So mm. I'm going to back you. I hope after our last performance, you're showing the improvements you've shown and that carries through to this. Um, I, can't remember, I can't remember the guy's name. I don't Jizu- remember. I think it yeah. Is. Yeah. And hope that you just put in a good performance and it's another, it's another, it's another win for the, for the British. And that's as far as it goes for me. To mm. Yeah. What, what about you, Chris? How, how, how are you seeing this fight um, mapping out? I'll be honest with you. I'm, it, it depends. 
when you're talking about Lawrence O'Colley, if you're talking about him as a entertainer, I can understand why a lot of fight fans aren't, you know, massive on him. But as an obstacle to overcome, if you're fighting him, I think he's a nightmare. Because yeah. he's big, he's big, he maintains his range very, very well. Um, he makes it hard for you, kind of like Vladimir Klitschko would make it hard for you to earn your way in. And then when you earn your way in, he's more than happy to tie you up and stop you working. So it's a constant nightmare. But although Vladimir would, was was better than Okoli at range, many more skills, it, on the inside, Vladimir's defence was holding. Whereas Okoli is fantastic up close. The way he uses a forearm across the jaw for head control, um, the way he, he will trap your wrist or your bicep to stop you being able to get shots off on the inside. He's, he's like, it's like fighting an octopus. He is a very, very good on the inside. The thing is, though, with... He's obviously, it's a massive step up against a guy like Glavatsky, who's been in there at a much higher level. Um, Glavatsky, though, one thing about him, he's he's been inactive since 2019. That's a long time. Yeah. But when he is at his best and he's on the inside, the interesting thing about him, he'll turn off the shoulder, show the shoulder down the center line and keep one hand free and he'll lean back. He'll lean off of his, he'll have his lead foot quite far out and lean back. So it's almost like a shield that he's creating. So he lures you in. When you come into his wheelhouse, that's when he'll launch himself forward and attack. And what he does, he's so rough and tumble. Sort of, He loves this little shovel uppercut, shovel hook to the body, and then a hand over the top of that. And because of that, he creates chaos on the inside. And he can affect his opponent's balance. So it'll be interesting to see Okoli, who's quality on the inside, against Glavatsky on the inside, who can cause chaos on the inside. It'll be interesting to see if, if Glavatsky can get inside constantly but trying to get inside, I think his method of doing that is going to be to try and lure Lawrence in by leaning back because he's so good, Okoli, at keeping guys away and then tying them up that he's a nightmare to overcome. I fancy Okoli to win the fight, but you know I wouldn't be stunned if he starts to, if we start to realise quite early that on the inside, if he's not getting his own way, he could face some trouble. But it's a very fascinating fight. I'm find, it's, it's one that I'm really interested in from a tactical perspective, mm. even though I get a lot of people will say it's not an exciting fight. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. It is going to be an interesting um, tactical fight because I think a lot of being is being made of like um, Lawrence Acoli's record going into this. Like you know, it's, it is a big step up when you look at Lawrence Acoli's record. I mean, who who is the best win on Acoli's record? Is it still Chamberlain? Or would you say Chamberlain or Matty Askin? Really, they're the only yeah. two. So it is, even though uh, Glowacki is, uh, you know, he's debatable at what kind of, he's a world-class operator, you know, he's fought Usyk, um, he, who was his last defeat against, was it Maris Bredis, was it? Yeah, Yeah. so he, he, you know, he's fought top-tier fighters, so Dapo, I'll I'll go to you, Um, just how, how, how difficult is it going to be for Okoli with, you know, without the experience at this top level to, um, to go head to head with someone so experienced? Yeah, this, these kind of fights, especially when you're rooting for the guy that's less experienced, they're quite scary because you can go into these fights and the unexpected can happen. And as a British fan, as, as, a, as a British person supporting a British guy, we need to end this curse. And Okoli needs to he needs to bring it home for us because we've what's been the getting, curse? What's the curse? We've been getting flogged by Mexicans for for too long now. He's not Mexican. He's Polish. Polish, but still British. <laughs> one dub. We what? need a dub. We need a dub. We need a dub. I think because he's saying we're on bad form. Yeah. Right. Okay. Even though Mexico's over here, Poland <laughs> is <laughs> right. We do, we do tend to step out. Yeah, on the world stage and get flogged for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, but and do we in our backyard? I don't think so. Well, going back to, to, to going back to what you said, I do think yeah, it's a it's a possible risk for Cody that, that that experience factor. But I think he's been trained. He's got a good trainer, and I think going into this fight, he's got all the attributes to bring him through. Um, Cody's tall out. He's very rangy. He's got that range. Glowski. I went back to watch his fights with Usyk, and although he lost those those, those fights with um, Usyk and I can't remember the other fighters' name, they were they were, quite, they were quite competitive. So he's a he's a world class upgrade. He knows what he's doing in there. So I think we will see moments of of that experience coming to the But I think this is this is the fight. This is the the fight that is going to 
bring O'Connor to that main that mainstream stage. This is this is his transcendent fight, especially the Queensbury. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for this fight. I think he should pass this test, but he's not in there with. I think it's a lot closer than people think as well because I know O'Connor is a big big favorite, and I do think he's got a challenge in front of him. Yeah, I'm really excited. One thing yeah. that I want to just catch on from is everyone that's been around the Cody says about how hard he hits and um, essentially how strong he is and how awkward he is. So as much as he kind of presents this problem in front of most of his fighters because he's so unorthodox in that, in that regards that you're, not, you're, you're going to get someone who's going to tie you up and it's going to make the fight ugly. What's his plan B when, when like Chris said, um, he get, the other guy gets in the inside now and starts negating those issues where he's excellent inside and starts causing those problems where Okoli can't tie him up and he's forced to fight. I want to see if Okoli has the skill to then operate on a different wavelength where he then starts, you know, fighting at range and keeping his guy at range and so forth. And whether he has the feet and legs to do so f- to get through the fight. That's that's what kind of intrigues me. To, I, I want to see what kind of, you know, levels does Okoli have because to now, we don't really know. We've seen... We've seen him fight really good in spots and we've seen him fight really ugly in spots, if you can't say. We've seen, but I want to see how does this all kind of formulate on a world stage against a, a good fighter? I guess that's where the experience risk comes as well. Because, exactly. You know, we haven't, some of those things we haven't seen from him. And is he going to be comfortable doing it? Having that plan B, plan C, or how is it going to look? Yeah, Sam does sure. make a good point in the sense, though, that what you're ultimately saying is that if he's out of his comfort zone, are we going to see him go to the next levels that we didn't know he had? Or are we going to see him crumble under pressure? Because up to now, he's always had it his own way. Yeah. So if things start to get very difficult, how does he cope? Personally, I think he's going to pass the test. But again, I'm speculating based on the things I've seen and I'm trying to analyse his skill set and I believe he's, he can do it. But again, you're right. He's going up against the guy who's been in there at elite level. He has been a very inactive though, Klobatsky. And yeah, even on the inside, even on the inside, Akoli is so good. I'm not saying Glavatsky is going to win the fight on the inside. I think Akoli might. But I'm saying if he doesn't, it then becomes an interesting thing. It, has he got the ability to, if he can't control and manipulate his opponent's body positioning, has he then got the ability to get on the back foot and keep a guy who's experienced at range? I think he does. But Samson's right in the sense that there are a lot we, you know, there's a lot we don't know still. And I, I agree. I agree that this is going to be a, a you know a coming out fight, a, a, a fight where he's going to transcend the the sort of more domestic level and, and make a name for himself. I think where it will become a lot more interesting is when he then goes to heavyweight because there's all this talk now of him going to heavyweight. Yeah. At heavyweight, will he still have that ability on the inside to have that superior strength? Because if not, because. you better then have learned how to fight differently. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Is, is there any um, matchmaking concerns here that, you know, potentially this is too big a jump, too early for, for Recently, Cody, Eddie's or, been or doing we, that. are we happy with it? Recently, Eddie's been doing that. He's been throwing guys in with people that you start looking back and think, ooh, should you have done that? Is that really the right... Was that too early? But is it, it's, sometimes it's easy to say that in hindsight, right? Yeah, when they lose. <laughs> when they lose, it's easy to say that. That's why I'm asking now, you know... But I, think, like, I think it's the right time for him. You know what, I, you know what I like here? When do you see Okoli winning and take a, get an opportunity for a world title against any other people in that, person that, in that landscape that would have been, um, I'll say, the softer to touches? Mm. It's a good opportunity. He, he, yeah, you're right. He's not, as good, he's not as good as some of the other cruiserweights in there. And additionally to that, I've got to be honest, for me, say, say, say let's talk about Warrington and Lara for a second. With Lara, he's still a young man who was physically strong, could punch. And you're looking at some of his defeats earlier in his career. It's a risk with an unknown guy who can punch, who's young. Because when they're young, they're constantly improving, right? Yeah. So I get what you're saying, Lewis, about in hindsight, people are looking at that. But even prior to that, I would have looked at that and thought, this is a big risk to take for a tune-up fight. Mm. Whereas just because there's so many unknowns. High risk, low reward as well. Right. And if you're looking at his style, where he likes to punch with an opponent, Josh Warrington's not that guy. Josh Warrington likes to overwhelm an opponent. Mm, volume. And so, yeah, so stylistically, I never liked that fight. Whereas this one, if he loses, it's not because of the matchmaking. It's just because, for whatever reason, he came up short. Whereas I think the time's right now. I think I think he will win this fight. I'm leaning towards him. I can envisage him a way in which he loses too. 
but I, c- I can see him doing it. If he doesn't do it, I'm not going to hold it against the matchmakers. We're going to have to look at how he lost, why he lost, try and analyse it. And it goes back to the drawing board. We've got to stop this thing as well, whereby if a fighter gets an L, Floyd Mayweather has messed up people's minds when it yeah, comes massively. to him. We, we <laughs> say, like, Mayweather, fan, we say done, often on here, Mayweather killing my people. That's that's what we, yeah. we, we say that a lot yeah. on this podcast, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He gets an L. What, you're just going to... All right, he lost. He lost against a world-class fighter. Yeah, he he we go again. You know what I mean? It's like... I don't know, man. I, you won't I mean, even have one of the best fighters today if they lose. Sorry, like, we, we need losses in boxing. We won't yeah. have one of the best fighters ever if, if they didn't lose. But it's exactly. ruined boxing at the same time because yeah. the L, the um, people's unbeaten records are making each other yeah. like scared to fight each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Canelo Alvarez now knocks out the Canelo that lost to Floyd. He knocks him out. 100%. Mm-hmm. But he never would have been this guy today if he didn't he lose the way he lost Floyd. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? So, so you, you know, you grow from your defeats, man. You, you've got to grow from your defeats. And listen, I'm not saying obviously he doesn't want to lose the fight. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying if it was to happen... It's not the not end gonna, of the world. You're not going to write him off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, There's something that I touched on a couple of weeks back here and when I was talking, which you guys wasn't too happy when I was talking about with, about with AJ. I think for a lot of boxers, that the eye test for me is the mental fortitude. If I can see that you have the ability to kind of withstand... What's, a, what, what's in front of you and then overcome that obstacle, I, I look at that person and say, that person's got, regardless of his skill set, he's got that something that can carry him all the way. For me, with a Coley now tomorrow, I need to see that he has that and that goes with every fighter. Like, for example, when I saw, when AJ went down um, against Ruiz and I started, when I was questioning he, the way he went down and kind of didn't really want to get up or seemed not too happy to, to continue. Oh, that, that mental fortitude test and it wasn't passed for me. That, your agenda is so smelly, Samson, man. It's so smelly, man. <laughs> but I'm, just, I'm just giving my honest opinion, objectively, do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So for me, if a colleague can pass that, then I can say, yeah, he definitely has, regardless of his skill set, he has the ability to dig deep, regardless. So I know that, regardless, you, you belong with the other people because you have coupled with your skill you have the right mentality to get through it there's a reason why I actually touched on it but I've actually lost it yeah let's let's get some predictions then before we move on to the next topic um Chris I'll start with you I'll put you on the spot okay if we're gonna be specific I'm, I'm yeah yeah so what, let, let me let me let me quickly brief you on what we normally do so we actually have a boxing prediction league between ourselves and the cast members so um uh, I'm second and these two are at the bottom, but they joined. Oh, we started. We just joined, man. <laughs> we started late. We, we joined. You guys are just You had a week 30 of week 36 of the premiership. <laughs> right, it wasn't that bad. It was like the third week. Sorry? How many of you are there? Um, th- 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 to be fair, we've got a big boxing group chat. Not everyone is a cast member, but you know, there's. I think there's. We've got about six or seven cast members. So, um, yeah. So can I just say, you didn't have to do them like that. You could have just said, yeah, he's six or seven. You didn't have to come out. <laughs> <and> fight, <laughs> <and> <laughs> bottom of the cast members, but that's all right. You got time, guys. You got time. It's a big boxing calendar. Anyway, Chris, as I was saying, what we do is, um, we pick a winner. Then we pick, um, obviously by, um by what method, you know, by points or uh, knock, knockout. And then we choose a round group in. So between like one and three, four, between one and three, four and six, seven and nine and 10 and 12. So one of those four, essentially. So up to you now. Okay. I'm going to go with a colleague by knockout between, well, oh, wait, I don't know, by stoppage. Or do I have to be specific? No, no, you don't have to be specific. Yeah, Only right. specific so go... within the round groupings. Okay. I'll go a colleague by stoppage rounds see i was gonna say nine or ten but you've killed me with that grouping so i'm gonna have to go seven to nine okay okay seven to nine all right okay cool uh samson what about you same that's literally our week he doesn't go seven to nine okay Okay, You're going to okay. come off bottom. Don't worry, Samson. We've got I'm going to leave because I'm going to say the exact D- same Dapo thing. Dapo needs the point, so they're all going to follow Chris. <laughs> Listen, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think he's stoppage as well. I'm going <laughs> earlier. I think Akoli is going to get him out earlier. I think it's going to be a real um, landmark fight for Akoli, a real, you know, stamp in the ground. I reckon, I reckon Glowacki could be out of there by round four. So I'm going to be going between four and six. Right, as, a, old, as a stoppage, yeah, inactivity I, I, as well. Exactly, yeah. I is worry about the inactivity. Is it true? Is it 
I don't know. Oh, if you had COVID, oh, boy, we might have to change uh, our, yeah, yeah, our, our predictions if you had COVID. No, no. I mean, I'll be honest with you. In, in the majority of people, COVID is like, especially in the under 60s, it's less deadly than the flu. It doesn't. Re- it's not really going to affect the world-class athlete. I wouldn't change my prediction, but one thing that might change my prediction, looking at him, I mean, I'm not going to change it now, but I'm saying one thing that would make me think twice, apart from the inactivity, is the fact that, I don't know if you guys saw the... Um, the open workout a couple of days ago, mm. he looked really trim and he did not look, and I never remember Glavatsky. He had a t-shirt on, so maybe I've misjudged, but I don't ever remember him looking that skinny. Mm. And because he's the sort of guy that wants to, you know, he's, he's a rough and tumble guy on the inside. I'm wondering if he's looked at a collie and thought, you know what, this guy likes to keep it at range. I've got to be faster on my feet to get in. So he's coming lighter. If he's done that, I think that's an error. I yeah. think a collie on the inside will then bully him. And so that's one thing that, you know, but I still think Okoli's going to be a little bit cautious early on. His big first big step up. Don't worry, boys. we got this. We're going to, don't worry. You're climbing up the bottom. <laughs> She's already making you guys change your mind, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, you know, I'm gassed here because as much as Lewis has been getting on to me about this whole bottom of the league thing, it's going to age brilliantly for me. <laughs> yeah, when you win it, eh? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I'll, 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 I'll clip this part. Uh, let's move on to other weeks um, news so obviously we're getting closer lads we're getting closer yeah Eddie Hearn let the cat out of the bag with um, maybe a bit prematurely Um, he's getting pelters from absolutely everywhere you know about this announcement but it does seem like we're getting closer Um, at first I thought I thought oh what's Tyson Fury up to man is he getting cold feet you know, because I'm I'm very much pro AJ. I make no um I make no admissions of guilt for that. But you know, I d- I just don't believe AJ doesn't want the fight. So if this if this fight was um ever not going to get made, um I'm putting all the blame on Fury. So <laughs> that's my that's my uh that's my unobjective uh, view of the day out of the way. So um but yeah, it's it it does seem good um good news um that you know this fight does seem to be. Um, creeping closer. Um, I do think Eddie Hearn probably opened his trap a little bit too early because if the fact that a venue hasn't been decided, that these are still massive, massive things, especially in the COVID world, right? Like these are huge things to decide. Um, Chris, what's your general thoughts on this whole announcement? And, you know, does it feel like it is going to be happening or are you still keeping coy about it? Well, personally, forget what we want. We want to see the fight, right? But if I was on the, if I was in Team Fury and I was some sort of advisor, I think it's a mistake that he's taking the fight without a tune-up. Yeah. I think, I think he, he would have been at the ring far too long. And I understand a lot of people are saying he was at the ring for ages and he came, he lost ten stone to fight Deontay Wilder. Yeah, but he had tune-ups for the fight as well. Didn't he? Sorry, he had tune-ups for Deontay Wilder as well. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah, but they were really poor level tune-ups, and he was still losing weight. So a lot of people were saying he weren't one hundred percent ready. And if that's the case, he himself says it. Now, if that's true, there was a difference between the first Fury and the second Fury. Now, is that just because of tactics or was he genuinely different physically? The point is, when you're up against, I don't buy any of this stuff where Fury fans are talking about it's going to be an easy fight or AJ fans are talking about it's going to be an easy fight. This is the biggest fight of both fighters' careers. And to me, to come in, and I've said this openly before and I've been laughed at about this. I've said it openly and I'll say it again. In my opinion, both of these guys are elite level heavyweights by any standard in any era. You could put them in any era, they're still going to be right up there. You put them in there with Ali Frazier Foreman, they're right there. They belong. They're top, regardless of who wins. They're so good at so many different things. You can't go in if you're not 100% ready. And so for me, it's, it's potentially an, an error. Now, if they've realized this, how do you get out of that? If he turns mm-hmm. around and openly and honestly, you know what, I'm not ready. It's going to be held against him, especially because he spent so much time saying, I could come off the street, being fat, drinking pints and battering AJ. What does he then say? Even from a PR, not just a PR perspective, from the perspective of a psychological thing, it gives AJ a boost. On the other hand, let's say, as Hatman suggested, he, he suggested a whole bunch of different scenarios. But one of the things he brought up, which I never thought of, is what happens if AJ, for whatever reason, is still feeling tentative, doesn't feel 100%. So they've done this knowing or hoping that it causes some sort of furora that it gets 
uh, Fury to back off, and it's an excuse in a way for Hearn to say, "Look at what happened." That one I'm not so sure about. I don't agree with that one. I don't it, it, they're gonna, no. yeah, that's that's right on the Netflix's conspiracy theories. That but you know what? Stranger things have happened in boxing, right? So these are Machiavellian things happen in the sport all the time. I'm if just... that was the case, that's very smart. I'll be honest. I did say, I said it last week. I said last week, regardless of what's happening, I don't think the fight happens personally, and I think. Eddie's playing a blinder where he's kind of ensuring that they come off this unscathed where it all falls down as Fury didn't want to fight. Regardless of whether they feel, whether AJ is ready or whatever, whatever, I don't think it happens for many, for many different reasons, such as the fact that we're in the COVID times and we're not going to maximize your profits and so forth. Um, fighters are both fighters have just come off long layoffs um, and so forth. There's it just doesn't feel right for it to be in June that they they're, that they're shouting for. So and the, no, the no, idea no, is no. to have two fights this year, right? Pardon? The idea is to have two fights this year, right? Yeah, but even still, no one wants to lose the first one. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, listen. when they're legacy fights, you can't just say, oh, yeah, never mind if I lose the first one. That's the truth. No, and, no, yeah, that, that's the truth. And, and listen, let me put it to you another way, right? Let's say Fury did come out and say, you know what, I need to fight first. And in June, say, or May, let's say in May, he has a tune-up fight. They make the first fight in October, November, and then the second fight, the rematch, is a big stadium fight at Wembley, for argument's sake. That's not a bad thing, but people have become so excited now that it's been announced that people will turn against Tyson Fury if that happens. So so Samson's right in the sense that maybe they've gone down this route as a sort of Machiavellian sort of thing, but I don't know, I'd still find it surprising. I think they're very, very close and maybe Fury's having second thoughts based on the fact that he's thinking, I do need a tune-up fight. And I don't know how to go about saying it, you know? So uh, wh- why do you think so why do you think that Fury is having second thoughts then? What what's what's the logic behind that? My logic behind it is the fact that it seems to me that I can't see where Anthony Joshua would want to go from here without having Tyson Fury, if then and then to announce the fight. Up to now, they may have continued to say things like, Fury doesn't want the fight, we're having trouble with him signing, blah, blah, blah. But to come out and say, it's all done, and for top rank to back that, it makes me wonder, why would top rank say that? Because Frank Warren weren't too pleased, but why did Bob Arum come out and say, we're very close to it being done? In fact, he announced it after, according to Hearn, Mm -hmm. he announced it when he told Hearn not to say anything. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. It, I could have understood if it was just Team AJ and then F- Team Fury was saying, I don't know what he's on about. But for some members of Team Fury to have said it's happening, I don't know. It could just be, listen, it could just be a, a power control thing whereby, I think you know, I, I want to announce it first. There's one other perspective, p- potential here, which got me thinking the other day. They're talking about the venue, right? Now, I don't know how true this is, but I read a rumor that there are multiple venues being suggested and one of them is Shanghai. Now, if that's the case, this got me thinking a little bit, right? Um, not looking to get political or anything, but China has had a lot of, um, let's say, human rights violations. And one of the things they've done is when it was the whole COVID thing, you were having a lot of black Africans that were being attacked in the streets and being banned from shopping centers and malls because they were being accused of spreading COVID. Mm-hmm. And you can see these videos all over Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You've also had the Uyghur Muslims and what's happened to them. Uh, they've been bulldozing churches and banning the Bible. Um, now, when you look at those three groups that are being persecuted, black Africans, Christians and Muslims, well, AJ is very proud of his African heritage. Tyson Fury's always spoken about ethnic minorities and how important they are to him. Um, and he's a Christian. Anthony Joshua has been photographed in a mosque before praying. It looks like they both care quite a lot about these three groups. Have we seen a situation where the promoters have said, listen, this is the opportunity. If you want to make the 200 million, this is where we make it. And maybe the PR teams behind the fighters have said, hold on a minute. You do realize this, this and this is happening over there. So maybe we shouldn't hold it there. Mm. Saudi Arabia, AJ's had links there. So maybe Fury will be thinking, I don't know, man. I don't know about the judging. That will be too pro AJ. Mm. Fury's fought in America. So AJ might be thinking he's fought in America his last three fights or whatever. I'm with top rank there. Team AJ might be thinking, you know what? I don't want to really go over there. That might be mm. too pro Fury for the judging. So now where do we hold it? 
you know, the three places or somewhere like that, or San Marino, or <laughs> somewhere. Who knows? You're not, getting, you're not getting a big crowd over there. No. So, it goes back to what you were saying before about, you know, we're in COVID. Are we really going to maximize the the level of the gate receipts and stuff? That's so maybe it's something to do with money, and everyone's looking into it, who's avoiding who. When in reality, it's strictly about what venue do we hold this fight? Yeah. Listen, Tyson Fury fought Braun Strowman in Saudi. He'll be all right. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Tyson Fury fought in take Saudi. Away, yeah. He fought Braun Strowman in WWE. He'll be all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take, take away the pandemic. Yeah. There's only one place this fight happens. It's in Wembley, night if person. It's the only place it happens. Yeah. And they know in the back of their mind, COVID is coming to an end. If we just slightly delay this, why are we only going to do one fight if we have one fight in June and then push the Wembley out the second time? Right? Well, we could do both in Wembley. It, it just makes more sense to me. I, I get, get a tune you, up know, you know, Ellie Setback, he put out a, a poll and I, I was stunned at this. I couldn't believe it. And he had 90,000 votes. So a pretty big poll. Now, Ellie Setback's main fan group is from the US, right? Yep. He asked, what fight are you most looking forward to this year? And Terence Crawford against uh, Errol Spence was there. And I thought that might push it. Tyson Fury, AJ. Tyson Fury, AJ was third. The most popular fight was Javonta Davis against Ryan Garcia. And that, oh, made, me think, and that made me think, right, in the United States, maybe this fight really isn't as big as people anticipate. In which case, you're right. Why would you not hold it at Wembley? And if yeah. that means you delay... You know, sometimes by delaying too much, too much, it can lose its flavor. But because they're still both near their prime, you can get a situation whereby it's marinating even more. The danger, though, with this is that the WBO and Usyk didn't want to play ball. Mm -hmm. And if this fight doesn't happen now, next, Usyk becomes yeah. mandatory again. And you, nobody can tell me that AJ is definitely beating Alexander Usyk. It's too much of a risk. So they're going to risk all that 200 million potentially for that. I don't think that will happen. So if I had to get pushed, I think it's happening next. I just think they're deciding on where, what venue, but mm. we'll see. I don't know. I think it's, it's Stephen A. Sorry? It's a big fight. There's going to be so much going into this. It's a massive yeah. fight. St Stephen A. Smith said similar as well, didn't he? He said... Um, he, wanted, uh, he wanted Crawford um, Spence first. Crawford Spence is a bigger fight than Fury yeah. Joshua. So maybe it is the American perspective, you know? I, I, I don't know. Maybe... It's a big British fight. It should be a big. It should be a big global fight, though. This it is different level in it. The heavyweights, an undisputed heavyweight championship. Yeah. We don't get this every. If one of them was American, it would not. They would not be saying that. So yeah, that's, that's what I think. Yeah, Americans can be a bit proud sometimes, and they're both British. A bit. Fights. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wilder's name's not in this. They don't care. Like, well, yeah, exactly. yeah, but it's true. Though, but then uh, I just think in general, though, boxing heavyweight boxing I, I don't even think they warmed to wilder too much really like w wilder struggled to sell in his own backyard like i don't know it, it, maybe there's a culture change in america towards heavyweight boxing i don't know i agree with eddie hearn when he talks about you have to look at promoters involved in that scenario listen say what you want about deontay wilder he's he's brash he's loud he talks a lot and he knocks people out clean mm -hmm. if you can't make that into a star in the united states then the problem with you is the promoter, not the no, fighter. No, no. What, what do you want him to do? He's controversial. He's got everything that a fighter has where he should be in the news. Do you see what I'm saying? So what's going on there? So I'm not so sure it's a culture thing. I just think it's all to do with them not promoting him well enough. I've got to be honest. He should have been on Letterman or whatever other shows they have over there. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like they've done with AJ and Fury here on the radio and TV shows. Why wasn't that happening with Wilder? Uh, so I think they've got to look at themselves a little bit in the way they they promoted and built him up. I've got to be honest, that's my perspective on it. Yeah, I think, and I think obviously Eddie with the zoners kind of noticed that gap in the market there, right? And he's he's coming for blood. He's coming to really shake things up. And I think you know Samson's not going to like me saying this because he he knows I'm a massive Eddie apologist. But um, you know, I think. Uh, Eddie going over there and, and making waves is only good for the sport. Like Canelo, he came out the other day and just said, you know, he was he was shocked by, you know, how Eddie put on such a great show. He was like, no, he was like, I think he said something to like Eddie, oh, no one's ever no one's ever done an intro like that for me before. And we're talking about Canelo Alvarez, like the biggest star in boxing. And you know, I've um I personally have always believed, and I still believe it, right? We're going to go back to wrestling. I actually think boxing could learn so much from wrestling when it comes to promos, to entrances. 
I think, and even even the, the manufactured beefs, WWE or WWF, as it was when I used to watch it, um, showing my age now, they've been so good at doing these sorts of things. And when you see Canelo come down to the fireworks and, you know, the, the, and entry music and stuff, it is very much about the pageantry. Mm. And, you know, they've been very good at doing that. But for me, I think it goes a little bit beyond that as well. It's not, and I'm not talking about just Eddie Hearn, I'm talking about generally. It's this idea of how you get somebody in the public eye. I mean, do you remember when um, uh, John Fury was supposed to fight Mick Theo? Mick Theo's a, like a, a Londoner who was known, you know, in the underworld as being a bit of a tough guy, a former doorman. He's a trained fighter, but not, not a professional fighter. Yeah. And it captured the imagination among hardcore boxing fans. People, these are people that might not have seen John Fury or Mick Theo ever fight. But what they've done is they've bought into the characters. And it's the same when you're talking about bringing back fighters of the past. Tyson against Roy Jones. There's now talk of, oh, what if we see a third Evander Holyfield Mike Tyson fight? Well, you know they're not going to be the fighters they used to be. But it's the character. You build up these characters. It's a storyline. And that's where I think they failed with Deontay Wilder. So it's not just the entrance. That's brilliant, the pageantry. But that's on the night of the fight. You have to have bought the pay-per-view to see mm. them. The problem is getting people to buy that pay-per-view. And for me, it's about making that guy a household name, whether he's a good guy or a villain. Floyd was unbelievable. Perfect. He was the best at making himself hated. Floyd, You know, Floyd's done some good things in his life, man. HBO 24-7. Yeah, he, yeah, he was completely behind that. No, but I mean, I mean, even away from the sport. So an early opponent of his that died, Floyd went and paid for his funeral because yeah. his family were poor. Floyd himself wouldn't have wanted that promoted when he was at the top of his game because he doesn't want you to like him. He wants you to think, look at this fool in a time of a financial crisis. He's sitting there, he's burning money. He wants to be disliked. Because, yeah, because so much people are paid to see him get knocked out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you, whatever the case, you've got to get in the heads and live in the heads rent-free, so to speak, of the fans. Whether that means you're loved or hated, you've got to be spoken about. And that's what they failed to do, in my opinion, with Deontay Wilder. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I think there's definitely an issue there. I'm um, Just going back to this AJ Fury fight... Um, I don't want to get too much into like a. I might get a. I might get a prediction from Chris at the end, um, simply because we're, we're probably going to preview it a, a lot closer to the fight. But I'll get a, I'll get a prediction now from from Chris anyway, and hopefully we can have you back on again soon, closer to the fight. Um, just a few things. Um, who do you guys think will 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 come out first in the ring walk? Fury like, will come out first and who, and who is the A and B side of this fight? I know it. I know it doesn't matter in the grand grand scheme of things, but I think it's quite an interesting debate actually. Who as to who people think is the A side or who who's the B side? I think both fighters subconsciously are, are in a battle of who wants to be the underdog. I think they both really want to be the underdog in this fight. They both want to be the underdog. Yeah, I think Tyson Fury wants to be the underdog in this fight. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I can imagine Tyson Fury wants to be the underdog, but I don't really see it with AJ. I don't think AJ's phased by that kind of thing. AJ is saying, uh, I would love to come out first. If I could choose to come out first in every fight, I would come out first. I think he, he after that Ruiz 2 fight, I think he really registers that underdog, uh, underdog mentality now because he's had it. He's had it where everyone doesn't believe in him anymore, writing him off. And I think that's given him some sort of a new sense of motivation now. So going through this Fury fight, you know, and, and I think it was David Hay that said this. This is the most this is one of, this is probably the most dangerous time for Fury to fight AJ right now because a lot of people are saying Fury Fury wins this fight. Some people are saying round three knockout, you know, and with how people are saying, is, people are saying Fury's gonna knock AJ out in the third round. Yeah. I mean, I That's would listen, bet a lot of money on that. I'm not you, that sounds like a casual opinion. Yeah. Listen, did I not put that, that that interview in the group chat today about that boxer saying that Fury does it in four rounds? That heavyweight boxer. Uh, I'm telling yeah, you, lot, <laughs> people are of, saying this. I don't agree with people, it. A lot of I people are just talking for the sake of talking. Well, people are saying stuff like that. And it's out there, you know. And it's, it's, it's a clear favourite. And I don't think AJ minds. I think they're both, in, in, in a way, want to be the underdog. Fury saying, you know, oh, I'm going to be inactive, you know, and I'm still going to go in there and beat him. But in his, in, in his head, he's telling himself that even though he's, he's putting himself, like, he, he's putting himself at a disadvantage, He's still, you know, going to do the job. So I think they both want to be a, a, an underdog in this situation because I think they've seen the advantages it gives you from a mental, mental perspective. Because a fight this big, there's so much at play here. It's not even just like 
the physicality of both fighters, the, me- the mental stuff in this fight is going to be insane. There's a lot of stuff that I see that Fury has done in the past that has beaten fights before he even gets to the ring with him, but that won't work on AJ. And there's a lot of stuff that I see that... You hope you know, it won't. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. I personally, I hope so, but there's a lot of stuff that... I just don't think... I think AJ is such a dry guy that a lot of stuff just doesn't work with him, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I just think... You know, um, they both want to be the underdog. And I don't know. I can't imagine there's going to be too many arguments of who comes out first. Do you know what I mean? Maybe an ego thing from Fury's side. Maybe Anderlinio. You, you see, to me, Fury's the type of guy to me, right? If he knows you want something, he is yeah. going to try his darn... Even if he doesn't care, he's going to try his darndest to be like, no, you're not having that. I want that. Okay, let me and switch it, it back to you then. What What does Fury have to say that he's the ace I don't know. I'll leave that to Chris. So, with me, I'll be honest with you, when it comes to this, you know, weird, if you're talking about A-side as in the reputation globally and stuff, I think you've got to go, as a, as, as, as a product, you've got to go Anthony Joshua. If you're, so, if you're talking about sheer money being generated and stuff like that, you've got to go yeah. AJ. I think a lot of boxing fans, though, especially in the US, will feel that the biggest, although, although AJ's CV is deeper the biggest wins they'll feel belong to fury yeah. so it depends i think there's a split often between the hardcore and the general sports fans now when it comes to money it's more the general sports fans rather than the hardcore fans so from a sheer perspective of business i believe anthony joshua is the a side um when it comes to um the ring walk one thing i'll say is this it shouldn't matter but there is one element that's quite key, all right? The length of the intro. If <laughs> Tyson Fury comes out and it takes AJ 10 minutes to make his way to the ring, you're in that ring for 10 minutes. Yeah. Getting cold. Getting cold. <laughs> These things play a role. AJ spoke about this before, right? Hasn't he spoke about this? Um... <sighs> now that he said that, he does this as well. Oh, every AJ fight I've watched, he takes so long to come out of the ring. Yeah. Well, I know, I know that Vladimir Klitschko used to do it as a tactic. Yeah, but I, yeah. don't, I don't, I've never heard of anything about AJ, but it doesn't surprise me because listen, whatever you say, man, they've got top boxing people around them. They would have been told this is a good thing to do. Especially, yeah, and especially Maybe. with outdoor, like you're saying, he, you can literally get cold. Even so just like, recently, AJ took long to come out of the Sapula. He was doing all this talk on the screen and stuff. It took time to walk in. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it can play a role in that scenario, you know. So I don't know. It depends you know, what they both feel about it tactically. Maybe that explains why Yildirim put up such a bad display against Canelo, because Canelo yeah, took about 20, 20 minutes to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Marching band and everything. Like, that. maybe, maybe that's the reason. Nah, that's, you really, that's a very interesting point, actually. You, you remember, remember when that? Haywood was going to fight Bellew, and Bellew came out to the ring first, and Bellew kept warm by dancing to Hayes' entrance music. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe whoever's out first has got to just do a bit of that. But... Um, <laughs> You know, all these little things, sometimes what, they, what they'll do is they'll say, OK, I'll tell you what, let's make a deal. Your name will be first on the poster, but I'll get announced first or mm. I'll come. You know, stuff like that happens. I'm sure they're going to find a, a solution. That's not going to stop the fight happening. Mm. These are just little things whereby, you know, sometimes people pay for it, too. That's OK. Give me an extra 0.3 percent of the purse or something stupid. Mm. It, you know, it, it's just I can't imagine Even stuff like changing rooms matter with um, like if, pe- if people want the bigger changing room or because, you yeah. know, in places like somewhere like um, Wembley, no, maybe not Wembley Stadium. But if it's somewhere like a, if you're doing a fight, at a football ground, the home, the home changing room, generally speaking, will be bigger and better than the away change room. So someone has to have the home and someone has to have the away. So even stuff like that, they play into I don't know if it's like a mentality thing. Like maybe if you if you're taking a smaller fight is signed, there's a mental war going on. There's yeah, a, and totally started. All that ring is before you get to the actual ring, they start ticking off what they think they want. Mm. And that actually exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think I think there probably is a bit of a tallying up process going on for all of these little individual battles. And I think that probably is it's down to the fighters to you know when when it comes to ring time. And when it comes to fight time, sorry, they need to maybe get that out of their head, you know, if they if they feel like particularly hard done by or whatnot. But yeah, we, heard, we heard some of the stuff Fury does. Fury 
I remember I've heard him talking about being in the um, sauna with Klitschko. And he said he stayed there for like two hours just just so he st- just so he wanted to get out first. And he was when he st- was he stepped out. He's like, yeah, I've won. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, but you know what? You to do. Yeah, but you know what though? When he when he confronted Klitschko about it, Klitschko could have easily have said, "Yeah, I got out the thing before you." Yeah. So what? The fact that he denied it in a way suggests yeah. that it affected him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know what? Of all the little things that you put into contracts, you know what the biggest deal is? The ring size. Yeah. The, the ring size plays a massive role because obviously that affects what you can do tactically, technically. And this will be, the, they will be debating the ring size as well. You know, it's not obviously going to be a massive Olympic size ring. AJ, I will assume, will want the ring as small as mm. possible. Fury will want it as big as possible. These things play a role. Um, you know, so... That Saudi ring versus that Ruiz second fight, that ring was massive. Yeah, but it was massive because AJ wanted to be the mover on that day. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He, he, he knew Ruiz couldn't cover the ground. Yeah, I guarantee you, if AJ didn't want to be the mover, he the, the ring would have been smaller. Yeah. And I do think, based on that perspective, in terms of influence... Uh, did you guys see that Maloney fight, that Aussie who fought in the US recently and he, he blatantly got robbed? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Bob Arum went nuts. It makes me wonder, the influence, I mean, would that have happened? You know how Canelo, we always talk about, oh, Canelo judging stuff and Canelo scorecards. That wouldn't have happened to a Canelo. To a Canelo. So it makes you wonder, is top rank losing their little, you know, their influence a little bit? You I know. Exactly. And we, if you think that maybe Eddie Hearn and the zone match room, you know, it's very powerful. You could argue he's becoming the most powerful, the most powerful mm. player in the world. Whether you like him or not, whether that's what you want to see or not, we're talking about strict influence. In terms of influence, he's massive in in the UK. He's developing match room in Italy and Australia. So he's, well, there's talk of it in Australia. It's already happened in Italy. So in Europe and possibly down under. And also now he's moved with the zone into the United States. You're starting to see a global influence. Mm-hmm. Is that going to play a role in getting the little things that they want to get their way? You know, of all the things, though, the ones, the two that matter is how long are you going to be in the ring for first? But more importantly than that, the ring size. They're the two that you really have to put your foot down with when it comes to negotiations. All the rest of it, who comes to the ring first, posters. Like you're saying, Lewis, that's down to, you know, I'm just going to try and take this if I can take it just for a psychological warfare. Um but yeah, th- th- those two things are the important things. Yeah, it's like if you're going for a bad divorce, I guess you don't want your you don't want your partner to have you know everything. You'll just be like, no, I I, I want the toaster. I want that pink rose. I, yeah, I want, I want that. I, I, you know, I, I bought it. I, I, sh- I should get it. Uh, I, I want to get. I want to get your guys' perspective on this because this is a question I, I always ask myself. You see Tyson Fury in the second John Tavares fight. I feel like. Wilder and AJ are such different fighters. And you have to accommodate your fighting style to both fighters in a very different way. How do you think Tyson Fury, because it was such a drastic change in how you approached Wilder the second time as to how he normally fights. Do you think he can successfully revert back to that herky-jerky, fight on the back foot, move around the ring, as well as he has done in the past, knowing that he's been with Javon Sugarhill now, learning more how to fight on the front foot, applying pressure, you know, trying to go back to that style with this new trainer. How how successful is he going to be with that? Because, be I don't fun. know, they're just... It'd be fun. Really It'd be absolutely fun. Yeah, Tyson Fury is a boxing guy. Like, he's been mm-hmm. boxing his whole life. He's... It's not the first time he's been a boxer puncher, in mm-hmm. my opinion. He's done... A, he, he fights how how he sees best. When I saw that mental fortitude, Tyson Fury is someone that has that mental fortitude. So he's got a plan A to Z. So in that regards, he's comfortable with if he, if he if he if he has a south point in front of him, if it's an orthodox point, if it's a tall person, if it's a short person, if he has to use his feet, he has to stand his brand, he's fine. I don't think that's a that's even a factor. But also, if you go back far back into the beginning of his career, Tyson Fury was actually a very aggressive heavyweight. He used to come for a lot of body punches. He only really became a boxer after he put it into practice against Kevin Johnson. He actually adapted after that first McDermott fight and stuff like that. So he can do multiple things, Fury. The only thing I will say, though, is as you age, you lose, you gain certain attributes, but you also lose some. And one of the things you lose are things like reflexes, foot speed, and so on and so forth. So if he's going to be a success going forward, 
he is going to have to adapt his game a little bit more. So if you were to ask me when was the best Tyson Fury, I would say it's probably the period of time when he fought Derek Chisora, uh, Vladimir Klitschko, that period. So I do think he's a little bit past his best. He's still at top level. You know, it's not going to be a case of if AJ beats him, he fought a guy that was past his best. You know, if, if we're talking about a mountain, he's gone up and just slightly plateaued. I'm not saying he's on his way down. Whereas Anthony Joshua, I actually feel, I know a lot of people feel like he's, he's been tentative, a bit bit wary and, and self-doubting after that Ruiz fight. But to me, he's added wrinkles to his game. So if you're talking about just capability, forget the mentality, because we don't really know what he's like mentally. But in terms of capability... AJ's the best he's ever been now, mm, in my opinion. I agree. So what we're seeing is two guys at the top, top level, but one of them's relying on attributes that maybe are just starting to, I don't want to use the word decline because we've not seen it. We've not seen him slow yet, but he's getting to an age where he's going to have to start thinking about how do I adapt my style? Does that mean he becomes like he was against Wilder permanently? I don't think for this fight, though, he's at that point in his age where he can't revert back to what he was doing before. I think he can. Um, but going forward in the next two, three years, if he's going to stay around that long, he's going to have to start thinking about it. Sorry? I think if he wins the first fight, well, we won't visit the second. Oh, really? The reason why I asked that as well is the weight thing, right? I think the older you get, you, you, it's a bit difficult when it comes to especially fighting. Tell me about it, man. In <laughs> the back of a car the other day, did a wheelie, man. I'm, like, <laughs> you know, I'm developing the best cleavage in boxing. I should be a wheelie. You know? <laughs> but obviously, the, ain't, the ain't nobody paying pay per view for that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the consensus for like all the boxing fans now is the tactic Fury needs to develop for this AJ fight is to go back to that Klitschko esque style, you know, find a back foot, uh, frustrate AJ, etc. etc. But he needs to be a bit lighter for that, no? And I just feel like, yeah. is he going to struggle with that weight to go lighter now he's, what, 32, 33, Fury? I don't, I don't know. It's just things that I think about when it comes to this fight. You're definitely right about the tactical question. I don't think he'll struggle to lose the weight and get back. I don't think he's putting that much weight where it affects him. But you're right about how does he approach this? If he comes in heavy, looking to be how he was against Wilder in the second fight, and let's say it doesn't go well, let's say he does that and he thinks, you know what, I'm going to walk AJ down. And it doesn't go well for him. And he's coming at that weight. Can he then adapt in the middle of the ring and still move like he used to? If he comes in light and looks to move around the ring, and for whatever reason, he's thinking, you know what? Anthony Joshua's jab's actually better than I thought it was. I need to go away from becoming too fast, too fury, to becoming the gypsy king and going to war. Now I've got to get all the way inside. Well, now are you heavy enough to do that? Mm -hmm. So he has got this tactical dilemma. Whereas with Anthony Joshua... I think it's more straightforward. Anthony Joshua's found his weight now. The way he was against Pulev is how I expect him to be in this fight. Do you see what I'm saying? There's so, no reason so, for him to de deviate from that at all, is there? Really? No. So there are question marks, I believe, for, for Tyson Fury. One thing I'll say, though, about Fury, he has got an ability to get on the back foot and box, but then if it doesn't go well, like I said a second ago, you know he's got dog in him. He's yeah. done it many times. Very adaptable. Yeah, and if he has to go to war, you know he goes to war. No, Whereas with Anthony Joshua, and I'm not saying this is not the case, but we're going back to what you were saying before about mental fortitude. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he hasn't got that. I'm not saying he hasn't. But the one time things weren't going well for him. He didn't want to be there. Yeah. And that makes me wonder, if it becomes a dirty war where he's on the inside fury and he's throwing these wide hooks where they're coming around the back of the head and he's leaning on him and he's ripping mm -hmm. that body. I expect Fury to do a lot of body work in this fight. If AJ starts to breathe heavily, gets cut, becomes a war, and it's level after nine rounds, and you've got you know 10, 11, and 12 to go, who are you betting on? It's one of those I things. Think, where, I, I think I think for me, I think it's, it's the opposition, it's the fighter, it's the person who's fighting. I think he didn't show us that because he was fighting Ruiz. Someone that he didn't really get, give a toss about, in my opinion. When he fought Klitschko, he's ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When he fought Klitschko, he knew that was his like that was his breakout fight. That was probably the, that was the most important fight at that point for him. And Klitschko dropped him. You know, he was very tired. He said in an interview, he said like the reason why he went down wasn't because of the power of the punch. It was because he was he had nothing left literally in the tank, and he went down. But he still dug deep to come out of that he situation. Did. He did, and he showed a proper warrior spirit in that yeah. fight. But let me ask you this one question though, mm -hmm. Vladimir. 
often spoke about why he took his foot off the gas when AJ looked tired. And he says, I think Vladimir was also very tired, but he says, and so did his brother Vitaly, that it was a plan so that they don't punch themselves out to stay on the back foot, keep him boxing, keep boxing. And then if it, the opportunity arises late, take him out late, otherwise win the fight on points. So they, he took his foot off the gas a little bit because AJ had already dropped him. And there was a point that he was ahead in the fight, regardless of how you scored the fight at the time of the stoppage. There was a point where he had a lot of success and he dropped Vlad. He might have been thinking to himself, you know what? I need the second win. And if I get that, I'll win the fight. Whereas with Ruiz, although he dropped Ruiz, within seconds he was down. So there wasn't a sustained period where he was thinking to himself, I'm superior here. Mm. So I'm wondering, if you're talking about the way the fight was going, Vlad AJ was a brilliant fight where it was swinging and roundabouts, but they were both there. Whereas with Ruiz, AJ started well, but then when it started to go badly, it went mm, mm, off yeah. a cliff. And I'm wondering if it starts to go very badly, if he's got mm. that thing in him where he says, mm. but it might be what you're saying. Mentally, if you're not switched on beforehand, it's hard to just find it. Yeah. Whereas he's and, up for this fight. So there was a lot of rumors before, as well, not before, sorry, after the fact that, you know, things weren't, you know, his dad, obviously, we still don't know. Full I'm story, sorry, man. I'm sorry. I when know, comes, I know. When Samson, it comes to, when it comes to facts here, yeah, and whilst you get in that ring, the excuses after don't wash. I'm sorry. I don't care if your shoulder fell out. I don't know, man. I don't know if I believe I, that. Like, I think, I, I, it's, it's all nice to come and say, yeah, oh, I, I had a bad shoulder, or my, I wasn't well, I had surgery, my my, my foot, my toe but, was but broken. But ultimately, those things do matter, right? But, so prior, but prior to that, Every single fighter says this is the best camp of my life. So I won't say that. Like... All right, Samson, let me ask you something, man. So let's say right now, we spoke about before, let's say the AJ Fury fight didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. And because of that, Usyk was to step in. Fury might be thinking, I can't lose out on a 200 million pound fight. So although I'm not ready, I've got to take this fight. Now in the build up to the fight, he's going to be saying I'm ready because it's psychological warfare. Yeah. If he then loses and turns around and says, you know what, I weren't sharp enough, fans are going to take the piss and say, oh, what an idiot with these excuses. It don't necessarily mean that he's telling that he's lying, though. He might not really have been at his best. I agree. Well, the same thing happens with Anthony Joshua. He, he hasn't come out and given a reason. But you're right, Lewis. I didn't think of that, where what his dad said about, you know, he was raging with Eddie Hearn. Maybe AJ wasn't ready. And he had to be ready for that second fight. He, was maybe, he wasn't well before that fight. Apparently he had maybe, maybe he was. He was just fine. And they got their tactics wrong and he came in too heavy yeah. and he realised I shouldn't be punching. And he was massive, like man. Yeah, I shouldn't be punching for a guy like Ruiz. I'm going to lose weight, get more mobile and take him out that way. There's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So maybe that was his approach. The point is, sometimes you there can be underlying issues and if you speak about it, people make out like, oh, it's just an excuse. Yeah. They might really have been there. You, you know? can't win, really. You can't win. You can't win. That's why, in my opinion, yeah, if you lose, don't come out of an excuse. But, just but say, AJ didn't, though. Yeah, no, and, and I commend him for that. And I'm mm. rating massively for that. But every time a fighter says any kind of negative thing about, oh, like, let, me talk about, like, let me talk about Kemp and started talking about scans and all this stuff, which, no, shut up, mate. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Your only honest, thing you I think that stuff should be illegal anyway. Because um, wasn't there like a legal dispute a few years ago about Pacquiao? Uh, was it what, what fight was it? The Pacquiao Mayweather. where he came off, out afterwards and said he had like Mayweather. the Mayweather. Yeah, but obviously we've had probably hundreds of millions of pounds on the betting market and all of these things. I don't think that stuff should be allowed. I, I don't That's know how you stop it. But you're not a problem. Once you lose, just say you lost. And then in your whatever whatever happened in the background, just say, let me get back at him. And that's it. And just, all, all you need to talk about is I'm gonna beat in the rematch. I don't want to hear anything else. Anything else doesn't wash me. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know what it is sometimes as well, when there's no guaranteed rematch, you've got to give a reason for people to believe that you could win the fight for them to demand the rematch. Look at what's happening now. One thing you've got to say about Lomachenko, he's lost one fight. He's easily the most decorated fighter in that lightweight division. And people are acting like he doesn't exist. Like the the four kings are talking like like he don't exist. And I'm saying, yeah, I I think there's good reason for that, though, isn't there? He has been absolutely blacklisted, yeah. And you know what? I sympathize with him, and a little bit doesn't sympathize with him because he wanted these guys to jump through massive hoops to get a fight with him. So on that on that side of things, I'm like, I'm not not saying I'm not saying you know they should. I'm not saying you know 
someone should do this or someone should do that. That's a different story. All I'm saying is the reason he might come out with an excuse is because if he just says, listen, I lost to the better man on the night, but I'd love another shot. People have already blacklisted him now. Whereas if he's got some sort of excuse and his fans start shouting, oh, he was injured, he was injured, he was injured. The it's like comes had pressure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes, mm-hmm. these, you know, there's technical reasons. That, that, sorry, there's um sort of tactical reasons behind yeah. saying PR stuff. PR yeah. stuff. PR stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah. even, yeah. even the fight, even the fight itself, there were, there were sports where Tiffany was very, very uncomfortable. And well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do what AJ did. You don't say nothing. Get a team to say it. Yeah, <laughs> or get, get your dad, get your dad to screw back Eddie Heard in the ring. <laughs> you know what? Man? You know what? Man? In fairness, it's easier when you're the big cash cow in the sport because yeah. you don't need to find excuses. If you're AJ, everyone wants to fight you because they're the money anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether you lose the title or not. You know you're getting that Ruiz rematch regardless of whether it's in the contract or not. Likely they're not going to fight you. But I think when it comes to not being a cash cow, even if you're the best fighter in the sport, even it becomes different. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it, 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 people want to then avoid you. It becomes that risk versus reward factor. And often guys want to use that excuse just to say, actually, that wasn't me at my best. Believe me, trust me, I could do better. Yeah. And it's one of those things, I think. Where... Yeah, because let's face it. I know I know, Lummer is this amazing, amazing fighter, but he's not... When you fight Lomachenko, you aren't getting ridiculous money, right? Mm. Like, m- maybe it changes a bit now with like, you know... D- the, the status of the of the division and and whatnot, but the, the, fighting Lomachenko still doesn't have huge rewards. Like which it would... goes back, by the way, it goes back, by the way, to what we were talking about before about how when we're talking about Wilder and promoting him and building a character, how you have to build a character. Because think about other fighters like Andre Ward. How was Andre Ward not a massive draw and made loads of money oh. in the United States? What yeah. a fighter! But because he didn't run his mouth and he's respectable and he's a good guy, he's a family man and he's not in the newspapers for like controversy, it was easy for the press to avoid him and ignore him. Whereas they put overrated guys who like to talk shit, like Adrian Broner, he would be, they'd try and push him to become a superstar. Yeah, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah. And so you get the top level fighters. Another one today is Usyk. How is Usyk not one of the biggest paid fighters in the sport? So what happens is you get, it's not about skill set, it's about the character that you create, that persona. Yeah, yeah. How much does that PR? Yeah, the PR. How much does that persona sell? Do I mean, what look, what, what's what, like? Look at the one of the highest grossing UK fights full time is Frotch against Groves, right? Like we, the whole of the country brought into the characters, you know. And they, hey. I mean, they're not they're not fantastic fighters by any means, are they? You know, I'm not like, that to you. I went to the second fight. That's one of the best. That's like one of the top three fights I've ever been to. Oh, you went, you went. Oh, I'm envious that you actually went. Yeah, yeah I, do, I do think they were both quality fighters. You know, I do okay, think fair, fair enough. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying they're average or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, for the money that they earned, they've earned a lot more money than fighters who were of, of better stature and, and yeah. de- more decorated and, and, a, and a higher skill level, essentially, is my point. But, um, yeah, um, and that's the point. It's all about that character building that, that persona, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, before we wrap things up, Chris, I do wanna, I do wanna get an early prediction from you. Um, sorry if this is putting you a bit on the spot, but uh... so I will say this, right? I can envisage ways in which both fighters win the fight mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. I genuinely believe it's up in the air. If you were to push me and I was to say, if they were both at their very, very best, who do I think wins the fight? I lean towards Tyson Fury. I can, I can envisage more ways in which he wins than AJ does. Having said that, if I had to put a prediction, I believe AJ's probably going to win the first fight. And then I think Fury will win the next two. Because I think there'll be two more after that. I think Fury would win the rematch. I think he'd adjust. He'd, he'd come in sharper. I, I think he'd probably move. I, I think Sugar Hill, the style that he brings of Fury wanting to move forward would be a mistake. I don't think Fury should walk down Anthony Joshua and fight at mid-range. There's got to be... AJ's a very good counter puncher. Um, there's the only the ways that Fury wins this fight, in my opinion, are either on the back foot and staying away from AJ, or getting all the way inside, so close that it becomes a a, a dirty, hard, leaning, sloppy mm. fight. In which case, I think Anthony Joshua's stamina might go, and he can wear him down in that way. They're the two ways in which a lot of body work. They're the two ways in which Fury wins. The ways in which AJ wins, in my opinion, is if it becomes a mid-range fight where he walks Fury down and Fury can't maintain range and they start consistently trading. 
And Anthony Joshua, from a technical perspective, I'm not talking about he's more skilled, but technical, whose punches are more technically correct, more orthodox, who who does the who throws the more correct hook, who throws the more correct uppercut, the more that's AJ. And I think in that scenario, if they start to exchange at a sort of mid-range, mid to long range, then it becomes AJ's fight. Sorry, mid, mid to close range, then it becomes AJ's fight. And so I, I can imagine and envisage a way in which Tyson Fury is not 100% sharp. It gets taken into, you know, an area. I won't even be surprised if you if you think, whoa, AJ's jab early on is actually a lot better than I thought. All these people talking about me just outboxing him, that's not going to happen. And I can imagine AJ taking it to an area he doesn't want to go and ends up um, causing more damage and winning the fight. Whether it's points, I, I, you know, could he, a lot of people are writing off uh, AJ winning points. I'm not. I think it's a very real possibility. But then in a rematch, I believe Fury would would be the one who's more likely to adjust. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I think that's it. Obviously, the interesting thing about this fight is, like you said, there's so many variations so many. and not just in terms of result, but in terms of styles they may fight. You know, there's the, these two these two fighters are extremely versatile. They're quality, man. You know, it's funny, yeah. You've spoken about um, Fury going to AJ's body. If I was speaking to AJ, I almost feel like AJ should almost forget about Fury's head. Honestly, he go to the body. forget and take him to the body. That one in Whoever, whoever wins the world of body shots. I always say this, going back the, to what Tyson Fury versus Otto Wallen, before Otto Wallen caught Tyson Fury, he was going to his body and was slowing him down. When he caught him, he started headhunting, thinking that I can make this, the cut bigger and win uh, of stoppage. That body is important, Tyson Fury's body, because his legs, his feet move very fast, but his body is very, st- his, his body is very still. It's oh, a big target. It's long, it's long. Mm. You can't headhunt versus that Tyson Fury. Mm, mm, mm. I've always said that anyway. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Chris, it was fantastic having you on, man. I really appreciate you coming on. We're big, as we said at the start, we're big fans of your content. Um, obviously, people can please go follow, um, subscribe to Chris Andre Boxing on YouTube. And what's your Twitter at, um, Chris? Yeah, I know you at, got a... at Bet Boxing. I used to do betting tips. And, uh, okay. What yeah, way did but... you stop? You want honest truth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, go on. <laughs> we were doing really well, actually. But, okay. Uh, I wanted to be closer to God, man, and I felt like okay. I was doing something that wasn't a, a great. I, I, yeah, I didn't want to be encouraging people to gamble, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I moved away from that and just stuck to the the technical the sort analysis. Of but I've loved being on with you guys. Honestly, thank you so much. Hopefully, we can do it again one time. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I hope you enjoy the fights this weekend as well. Uh, yeah, it's quite a lot. We there's quite a lot we didn't even speak on that. Um. Ortiz. Um, yeah, it's true. It's but true. yeah, but, but yeah. It, it is quarter past eleven at night, and yeah. I am. Tired. Yeah, this might be starts. <laughs> it's been so long. But, uh, it's been enjoyable, boys. Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, guys, use the hashtag Ringside Frackers. Follow us on Ringside Frackers, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Take it easy, guys. Take care. Thank you. Frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this in seven or eight seconds. For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Saying now, Mike, the bike. Sports Social Podcast Network.